you uh, you hear from little Vinny Swiss lately? <laughs> ah, he's staying over at Thousand Island since he got locked up. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. The podcasting shield of podcasting is up. That means we are now ready to podcast. Begin podcasting. Begin podcast. Are we podcasting? I think so. Except we're podcasting without Sam this week. Oh, but he's he's up in Ohio getting tasty things. Ohio. I saw him get some type of maple bacon thing at Buckeye Donuts or something along those lines. So that's fun because he reports in from the field. Indeed, the fields of bacon. I I would go to the fields of bacon. I mean, if you grow them, then I, I people I think people well, then they will come, come. for sure. Def, definitely to the fields of bacon. So this week, um, we in a roundabout way went to the same place twice. Yes, we we had an idea. It was to go to a place. We did uh, originally spawned by the idea that a vegan anything that's actually good is of interest. And I was told of a thing at this place, and we'll we'll get to that thing at this place. But the thing I was told of there, there was a similar thing, but not this thing. Yes. So we were slightly discouraged. So Plan A, Plan A, was scrapped at least temporarily, yeah. in favor of Plan B. Right. Let's see. I think, uh, was Plan B... No, Plan B was the other vegan option, I think. Well, let me break it down like this. We had thought about going to Modern Love, except due to the scheduling today, Modern Love doesn't open until 4. Uh, so, because we were going to give a vegan thing a shot. Well, and then I said, hey, TJ, what are we going to do? And you thought... Now let's try Wilson and Washburn because it looks like they have some type of beet Reuben thing beet on the menu. Reuben. Let's all just marinate in that for a moment. Marinate? Okay. All right. And then so we were driving there and we actually got in front and thought, you know, barbecue sounds kind of good. And I tried this. sounds kind of good. Yeah. So I tried this Papio barbecue thing and then we thought about smoking guns and tried to go there except we were actually trying to get to smoke and barrel. So that kind of created a problem. And then it turns out neither of those places are open again until four or so in the afternoon. So. Well, and one of them is also a truck, which the hours are theoretically there, but let's let's dwell on that later when we do food trucks. Well, and they, oh, yes. they do have a brick and mortar location now, which smoke, is. The, smoke and Guns does? Yes. Oh, oh, yes. we'll have to. Oh, no, sorry. Up. Smoke and Guns. I was going to say that was the mistake we made at the time. Smoke and Guns is a truck exclusively. And we did manage to find the truck. We did. Parked, parked at the auto repair and, <laughs> uh, and wheel shop. Yes. So we, we did find them. Unfortunately, there was no barbecue to be had. So. So I think we're up to plan what? D at this point? Something along those lines. And so due to time constraints, et cetera, it's like, well, you know what? Let's go back. To Wilson and Washburn. Back to, well, you, you say it with some degree of enthusiasm, but at that point, because it was something that was recommended to me by someone just kind of offhanded, so I had suggested it to you, and I don't know how much enthusiasm you really had for it, because you, you'd sampled a little bit of it before. I did. So. I had been there for a larger event where they had more of a catering buffet type thing, so that's the right, only sampling never, I've had. Never really the measure it's, of a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and I had the, the one thing that I thought they would have that beat Reuben was not actually on the menu. I suspect it is a it was a specialty a item special. that someone had had. They did have a beet burger, but my enthusiasm for that was uh, was not extreme. So we kind of dejectedly went, oh, well, it's a short menu and yeah, you know, there's there's only so many things there. This this probably is it's it's pub food. It probably won't be Saturday, right? But I guess we'll go. So we went back to what are we? I think we're up to plan. 
We're up to plan E again. Wasn't plan E last time? Maybe E is the charm. Is that how we end up at uh, at Caribbean Delights at one time? But, that uh, must be. Wow. Well, so anyway, but we did end up at Wilson and Washburn. And to bring, since TJ doesn't always like the overuse of science, I will say I will bring the documentation Ooh. up to the microphone area. And Wilson and Washburn is located at 1407 Harney Street, Omaha, Nebraska. And again, since we'll throw those zip codes out there, 68102. Mm. Mm. Ah, it's a good zip code. Love me a good zip code. Ah, seriously, so so good and nice and warm in the wintertime. Wait a minute. Anyway. As, as long as it's zipped up. Yes. So they are, you know, roughly 14th and Harney. So in the downtown old markety on the, I'll say on the edge of the old markety area, but before you hit the midtown area. So that's where they are. Yeah, they seem to, uh, in one of the blurbs on their site, they seem to stress the importance of being only one block from Omaha's historic Orpheum Theater. Oh, yes. So that's true. definitely easy to find if you can find the Orpheum. Right. And so we, uh, because it's in an older building, it still has the kind of downtown old market feel to the outside of the building and a pretty epic, like, I don't know, 40 foot sign outside. Yeah, that thing is, it's massive and it looks old timey. Like it definitely goes with the building. It really does. And then on, uh, can, should, shall we start with the interior here? On well, yeah. So you, you walk in and it is, it is primarily a bar. Let's, let's just speak, or pub type feel, you know, really dark wood, but, you know, kind of a downtown urban bar type feel to me. Yeah. It's got, I didn't, I didn't notice if there were any of the, my, uh, my beloved extra trendy tungsten lights. I did not see any at this place. But, uh, definitely the, the dimly lit atmosphere as is befitting a pub. I will give you your, your inclination to start off with the word bar. I tend to avoid the word bar in the context of Fatterday because then you have barf food when you're eating there. <laughs> and I don't want barf food. No I one. want pub food. No one wants bar food. But... The bar, the literal bar, the thing at which you sit and from which are served drinks is served drinks. Ah, grammar is pretty darn good size. It takes up a, a are good portion of and the room. drinks. The crowd are loving it exactly. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but the bar itself is. It kind of dominates your view when walking in. It's it does. a bar with tables that just so happen to be next to it. As you go further back, I think. Forgive me. Did I see kind of a loft area above us where we that, were at? That and is actually then... where the uh, catering event that I went to is upstairs. Ah. Yes. And then where we were at, we got sat kind of under that loft. And as you go back there, quite a few more tables. It kind of feels, despite the fact that you have something more overhead because you have those high ceilings. Yes. And then when you get under the loft area, there's there's wood overhead. So it's now a shorter, closer experience. It is yeah. simultaneously cozier and more open as you come back. Yeah. Uh, there's more multi-seat tables. Uh-huh. It, again, cozier. You got the uh, the portraits and the, the various pictures on the wall. Not too many, just enough to kind of accent the place. Right. The brickwork, I would say, is a little bit nicer than most of the downtown buildings. It's cleaned up nice. Right. The, uh, the mortar and all of that is still, it doesn't have that kind of crumbling building feel that I yeah. think some places kind of go for, or at least choose a building because they kind of like that oldie timey thing. You're saying somebody's tuck pointing was on point? Mm-hmm. I am. Ooh, very, very thank you. nice Thank there. you. Yes, thank you. Ah, so now that we've talked about the environment a little bit, uh, let's talk about the good stuff, which is uh, the food. Ah, yes. Wait a minute. We're here to talk about food? Is oh. this that kind of podcast? It is that kind of podcast, despite what you may have uh, been led to believe by the large cheeseburger logo that we have. All right. So uh, shall we do a, a very... 
very unround round robin here since we had quite a few things go back and forth a little bit because I'd, I'd kind of like to start off we'll do the uh my my first relatively light fare i can make and that we'll kind of pass back and forth yeah let's go for it ready and tell me about something i'm gonna tell you about something i'm gonna tell you about this smoked tomato soup with and i had to look it up bursan cheese which is a readily available cheese brand they did not say either on the menu and i didn't think to ask exactly what kind of cheese is involved i don't think it's integrated in the soup it is a uh, a spicy tomato soup the smoked tomato soup it smelled good yeah i don't know if that's they have a lot of things that list as being in-house smoked so i don't know if there's an in-house smoked item in the soup uh-huh. if they somehow put the soup in the smoker if there's <laughs> smoked paprika in the soup, I could kind of see that because there there's a lot going on in the tomato soup. Yeah. I I did exhort you to try just a little bit of it, but I know tomato soup is not your thing, which is, is what you not. voiced at the time. Yeah, so it may have not been a uh, a good trial item. Although it may have been the meatloaf situation where I know you don't like meatloaf, but you're gonna like mine. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I will tell you, you did ask me to uh, get a waft off of the top of the soup, and it did smell interesting. So was it? It was. I, I hate to say it because I've already used it on like three of the items while we were sitting in restaurant. Yes. It may be TJ's favorite overused phrase for things that have a lot going on in them. Yes. And are tasty. Moist? A bag of interesting. Oh, a bag this of tomato interesting, soup yeah. was a bag of interesting. Huh. There were all sorts of interesting things going on in it. I cannot tell you what the spice mixes were. There's a little bit of a kick. I tasted not a ton of smoke. I was worried that would be overpowering or it would be like someone added liquid smoke to Campbell's tomato. I was scared <laughs> of this kind of thing happening. It's got a liquid smoke float in it. Oh, oh no. All right, everyone, scrub that image from your mind because this was <laughs> delicious. It oh, was good. a little bit of a, a lighter red color, almost an orange, and why I couldn't tell you. Again, I don't know if they've... There was a little bit of cheese in the middle, just a dot. Uh-huh. So it is perhaps a slightly cheesy tomato soup or a bisque type thing because it was definitely a lighter color than your normal dark red or even I've done tomato soup where I'm just basically blending up tomatoes and adding a few spices. It was lighter still than that. Not like a pink, again, it, more more orangey. It looked like a curry. It did, very much like a... Uh, a bit more on the red side, kind yeah. of chicken tikka masala look it to really it. It really did. What all was in it, I would have a real hard time telling you. But again, a little bit of a kick, kind of a warm spiciness to it. I, I want to start saying things like allspice or whatever, but I didn't, I didn't notice anything specific. I don't think there was cumin, but it was definitely a warm, spicy, smoky thing mm. with just a little tiny dot of cheese in the middle, which I think was, I could have gone for more, but I think it, the balance was there. I think that was the right amount to have and little bits of neatly uh, sliced or shaved, slivered, shredded, shredded. shredded. Julienne. Actually, you were probably correct uh-huh. in that it was julienne basil on top, uh-huh. but not so much that, and this is a 
constant complaint I have with tomato basil soup where it's it's integrated to the point where it's both those flavors at once all the time. I want a little bit of the tomato soup and a little bit of the basil. Yeah. This delivered with great fresh basil flavor for a and I realize we're going to do cost later, but one of the reasons I ordered it was cost. It's a $3.50 reasonably sized bowl of very good tomato soup. This is totally worth it. Great way to start a meal. Yeah, no, that's that's Wow, that's well done. And the thing is, is that I'm glad it had flavor for you in there because it's tomato soup and sometimes I would assume that can get a little bland. Yeah, but sometimes it's, most of the time I need a grilled cheese to dip in it. I mean, that's what tomato soup is for, right? But this yeah. stood on its own. I was very happy with this. All right. Where do you want to go next? Well, I mean, are, are we going to do, we going to do back and forth or do you want me to start going down the list? What do you think? Well, I'll bring it over here so that I can talk about the poutine croquettes oh goodness yes uh, and that uh-huh. that is one of my favorite game with hammers and hoops oh absolutely <laughs> i've yeah. always wanted to play poutine croquette it's, it's it can get mushy at times though mm. but uh so the and the thing is is the outside was perfectly crisp and i cut one open to see what was going to happen first because it's supposed to be poutine so something should come out of it where's the cheese exactly so you cut it open and I'll be darned, there's cheese in the middle. And instead of like a hash brown or something, it's like mashed potato. So it's like a little geological planet of potato with poutine and cheese in the middle of it. Poutine and geode. Yeah, It is a poutine geode. That is an absolutely... With that pretty little hollow core in the middle? You're mm-hmm. absolutely right because the outside is real solid. You need one of those little machines that you get at, you know, you know theme parks or whatever to crack geodes. Well, and... it's kind of got that... that... Well, I suppose that it's almost a reverse geode because the spiky, crackly bits is the uh, the breadcrumb coating it is. on the outside, well, the and s- it's smooth on the inside. The stratification of layers is mm. a nicely frown- frowned, that would be brown and fried, is frowned. Uh, we may have to add that to the dictionary. A frowned outside. <laughs> <laughs> I... Per, perhaps not. I, I, I'm not sure I want to be... that. That That's one of those unkind terms. That might have to go in the dictionary next to blobus. Fair enough. We just don't talk about it. So the outside was crispy and brown, and then it hit the potato layer, and it was like a mashed potato with cheese curd that had completely melted in the middle. So it was almost a cheese sauce at that point. Yes. Well, there were... I think I, I had two or three uh-huh. of... Of your delicious uh, poutine croquettes. croquettes. Uh, And some were more melted than others. Some were almost solid. Some were partial. And the last one, you you gave up your your very last croquette. I did, and I would have eaten it too. And it was all, all you could have, I offered. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sad that that I got to eat it. But I think now that had been, it might be how long they sit is Mm -hmm. part of it. Because since it had been sitting there being a hot, fresh thing for long enough, the heat of the mashed potatoes had completely melted that particular cheese curd. So, yes, my my first one had some solidity. The last one was completely a sauce. Well, and I think, too, that uh, the very, very last one I had, I think the cheese curd had uh, started to integrate itself with the potato slightly. So it became Ah, a cheesy potato middle. So, anyway, let's just say they were tasty. Now, I did put gravy on my first one. I didn't put any gravy on pretty much any of the other ones. And the reason for me was a little too much sage in the gravy. I really wanted a brown gravy with this, if that was me. Uh, But that's me. All right. So one of the things I was kind of anxious to try, because I've only seen them 
is TJ's next item, which was a scotch egg. Yes, I have been made aware of these. I mean, they are a classic English pub food invented, I am told, at Fortnum Mason's in, uh, in I think, I want to say London uh, department store. I Well, we may have to research this at some other yeah, time. Fair enough. But standard English pub fare, not actually scotch, but it is a soft-boiled egg encased in sausage, encased in breadcrumbs, and deep-fried. And I have... I have heard tell of them. There is a song by a popular internet uh, song individual, Badger, 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 about scotch eggs entirely. And the more I hear about this magical egg encased in pork and breadcrumbs, the more I want one. Yes. And I've never seen one locally. So yeah. yes, I too was excited to try the scotch oh. egg. So once again, we've, we've just gone through the full description of soft boiled egg in sausage in breadcrumbs. There was also a stone ground Major mustard vinaigrette yes. on that plate. Uh, it was drizzled under, not on the scotch egg, which I appreciated because actually I liked it, but I don't think in this context. Just a little tiny bit on a couple of the bites I had, but definitely not on the whole thing and not that much. And you know I love me some mustard. And I appreciate it because I'm not a big mustard fan, mm-hmm. so I could try some without a ton of mustard. Yeah, that's the on the side, as much as I like fully integrated the chef knows that this is what you want and they are telling you and once you taste it you will understand i like that approach a lot of the time if it can be pulled off but there are some things that just work well on the side or kind of off too you know not poured over drizzled over this was a good choice for this because again we both wanted to eliminate some of it i liked a little you're not that big a fan which i don't think anyone well I do know one person, but I think few people are as big a fan of mustard as I who will eat it off of a spoon. Just true. So uh, take any positive things I ever have to say about mustard with a grain of salt. Hmm. So we were hoping that this scotch egg would be cut into, opened up neatly, and that the yolk and anyone who's listened to me go on for hours about a poached egg understands this. The yolk should be runny, and that's important. Correct. So we were hoping we would cut into this and find this beautiful stratified geode thing, as with the uh, the poutine croquettes. That's what we were hoping for. And that this neat little yellow yolk would perfectly run out of the cut halves. Yes, that was the goal. What did we get, Dave? Uh, we got exactly that. Uh-huh. I, Holy I have, smokes. I have imagined a scotch egg, a perfect theoretical scotch egg, the best thing it could possibly be from the descriptions that I have received. And this did not disappoint. Like, this yeah. was this was it. This was the fantasy scotch egg. Yeah, it was cool. The, uh, the geode likeness, uh, much like we had in the poutine croquette delivered here, we actually shot a quick video uh, because I was hoping for magic and was not let down. TJ cut that thing right in half, opened it up, and that yolk poured right out. Wow, cool. Yeah, perfectly cooked, perfectly balanced. It is rare, again, to get a fully cooked white and a runny yolk, which is one of my favorite things, and they delivered there. The balance of ingredients, the amount of each thing, it was that was perfect. It was fried perfectly. The sausage was spiced but not super strong so it didn't overpower you could taste the richness of the egg in there as well as everything else which you know yolk is a fairly 
subtle flavor. So the fact that you can get that and the sausage and the crispy fried outside, this thing was really good. I'm real happy. You know what it is? It's a breakfast grenade. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Pull pin throw. It breaks open. The delicious inside comes out. But I mean, it's sausage, egg, and bread all built into one little thing. I mean, wow. Neat. All right, so that was the scotch egg. Now, TJ, I'm going to kick it over to you because from there, you got two different main entrees, and I only got one. So would you like to choose one and tell me about it? Well, we'll start with uh, the more mundane item. Anywhere that has one of these, I almost have to get it. A Reuben. You do like them. So let's get into the actual Reuben. Yes, please. Ingredient one, house smoked brisket. Now, there was a lot of flavor happening in this Reuben. What I do know is that I didn't, if it wasn't corned beef that was then smoked, if it was just smoked brisket, first of all, the color says corned beef, and I didn't notice any flavor missing. In fact, the smoke was not overpowering. It was just enough to give it a little bit more character, a little bit more depth. This was particularly good corned beef. The Swiss was Swiss, but this is a pretty middle-of-the-road Swiss for my money. There was not too much, not too little. It was good. It, it did what it needed to do. There's nothing particularly remarkable about it. I would miss it if it was gone. It was good that it was there. The Swiss was Swiss. The kraut was kraut. Again, correct balance, and either they drained it or they squeezed it. Whatever they did to it, it did not make the sandwich wet. Reuben makers! Watch your crowd juice. For sure. It's important. So it didn't saturate anything. It was the correct moisture content for kraut on a Reuben. Good on them, and the balance was right. The beet horseradish sauce. Once again, TJ used this phrase, bag of interesting. Hmm. Bucket of interesting. Box of interesting. Ooh. It was something of interesting. Yes. It was, first of all, it was pretty. That uh, that dark red on top of the pink corned beef, that's just a nice look. In between the Russian rye, that's a pretty sandwich. Sure. I liked it. Good and colors. The bite, absolutely. The the texture of that uh, that sort of beet compote sauce thing happening. Yes. With the horseradish and whatever other ingredients they put in there, it's pretty magical. And again, picky about my Rubens, love them traditional. Usually want more Thousand Island than is on there. I did not miss it at all. Cool. The balance on here was perfect. Love the beet horseradish sauce. Can't say enough good about it, but I think I've said enough good about it for now. Fair enough. All right, but let's get into this pork sandwich pork sandwich let me uh oh, i didn't realize how fat that word was just until <laughs> i mean that's almost gravy flavor San- pork <laughs> sandwich pork well especially when you add pulled pork oh pulled sandwich pork. yes it's a sandwich sandwich <laughs> that's that's fantastic fantastic indeed uh tell us about your pulled pork accurate yes well, the thing is, is that this this sandwich is the house pulled pork sandwich, and since TJ again, you wanted to avoid the overuse, the uh, watered downness, the thinning of the word science. 
Indeed. I don't want to de-science science. We have, you know, logistics and research and... I think you did. You have documentation last time. That is correct. That is correct. Um, the the thing was is that you know the only difference between uh, messing around and science is writing it down. So that is part of it. But this particular item is not a measurement of anything. Rather, it is a description. So therefore, I will go to the description. Is it philosophy? Um, not in this case. This is definitely documentation. The house pulled pork sandwich is house smoked pork. House-made barbecue sauce, coleslaw, all on a split-topped sourdough bun. And this particular sandwich also came with house chips, a potato chip. And actually, I'm going to start with the chips. The chips were tasty. Now this coming from the fry guy, this coming from a man who uh, I believe you are on record about a certain burger place that was down on center for a little while when I told you fries were not an option yet and they only had chips. And there there was something about it being, I, I don't know if you use the word disgrace, but certainly <laughs> it was it was not a thing to be done to serve by with chips by default. It's it's just not well, not right. And then Right? Yeah. Except it was right. Wasn't it though? So right. Because typically if chips are my only option or i have to pay extra for fries with like a burger that kind of makes me grumpy because chips quite often are a cop-out because you have a giant bag of them back there but these these were some chips these were house-made chips they had the right amount of salt in them and they were all past golden brown but right before burnt they were at the perfect chip brownness for me anyway yeah a little bit of that sort of nuttiness that they get when you fry them just a little tiny bit darker like i search out i I have a problem with good branded potato chips like lays yeah because they have magical photo eyes and stuff that kick the really dark chips off the line (laughs) and those are the ones i go through the bag looking for those like Two extra dark chips that yeah. are in there. Yeah. And these were all of those, and they were good. They were. And at fresh. They, yes, and not oily in the least. Like, you get some of them where they cook well, them fresh. Well, there was a little bit of a sheen. That's fair. And I would have Charlie missed it sheen? if it wasn't there. Martin not only sheen. that, how else is your, your uh, no, Estevez. Oh. How else is your salt going to stick? Well, yes, I guess I should say, sometimes you get those homemade chips, and they're, like, folded in half, and they're kind of chewy because they're over-oiled. But TJ is thinking pensively, raising a finger, about to say... Well, Dave's saying a lot of useful things. Yes. So obviously I have to interrupt that because TJ rambles and goes off subject. And so that's what we're going to do now for just a moment. Oh, dear. If you have a really light sheen, a sheen that's not quite a sheen... A Charlie is lighter Is it than an Martin? Estevez? E- there was an Estevez on these chips. <laughs> so I would say just enough because it wasn't the point to the point where the... None of the chips had that whole bendy, chewy thing. Right. They were were decidedly crisp. Not only that, they were, and I will quote you from an earlier episode. Ready? Thin, thin, thin. They were super thin. Just the right thinness. Oh, see, I'm going to say they weren't as thin as, say, like lays out of the bag are. Really? I thought they were just crazy thin. I would say a little bit thicker than that, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong because, well, my... Now now we're going to have to go back and eat more of those chips. Okay, well, that's fair. But 
a, a touch thicker, I personally think, than a lot of the, the really thin bagged chips. But as compared to the ones that are cut in-house normally, normally those are thick. Or like yeah. kettle chips where they're not only thick, but they're they're robust and I kind of like that about them. But they're so dang rigid that when you bite into them, they, they don't like Captain Crunch cut the roof of your mouth. Yeah. But they threaten to. Like, like, like they're making some noises. They're they're flipping out switchblades and looking at the t- roof of your mouth hey, real close, like. Yeah, and the thing with these things, like you could never scoop a bean dip or cheese dip with these ever. No, these these Just, were meant to be eaten as is. They are a chip that stands alone. They are thin. They are crisp. But yeah, I think they would fall apart if you tried. Oh, Maybe yeah. a very light French onion dip would be possible. Oh man, but why you, why bother? They'd be good with ketchup, and I think. Nothing else should ever go on them. I just would... personal opinion. Well, okay, fine. I'm American. Ranch goes on everything, but that's neither here nor there. Not on my here. stuff. It yeah, no, yeah. We Dave's white creamy sauce mm-hmm. rule. Please refer to earlier podcasts. So the thing with these chips is, uh, with the exception of like a barbecue chip, because some t- you know you go to a barbecue restaurant, and they give you some really awesome seasoned chips. This is just a salt potato chip. I don't know if I'd want a fry. I don't think I need one. So let's talk about this split-top sourdough bun. The San Francisco treat. Ding, ding. ding. So the bun, as uh, with some other things, sometimes we say there is a burger holder, a burger holder minus, or a burger holder plus. I am going to give this a burger holder plus 0.5. Really? Was it an incredible bun? No. But was it a really good bun? Yes. I remember it being a tasty bun. I had no desire to remove any part of this bun. It needed to belong with the sandwich. Here's the other crazy part. I left all the coleslaw on here. Was it a mayonnaise-based coleslaw? Uh, I couldn't really tell because... I, I want to say on the menu, and I may have to uh, to check the documentation. Yes. But I want to say on the menu it was like a mustard base or a vinaigrette-based. It, it was something that would not necessarily offend. Yes. Well, see, the thing is, is that because it had their barbecue sauce on it, which you sampled... I Extensively. Yes. I didn't notice if there was anything with the coleslaw or if it was just a chopped cabbage, shall we say slaw maybe the barbecue sauce was in there i didn't notice anything extra on the slaw but let's just say it fit well with the sandwich so i kept it as is with the barbecue sauce on there and the pork was delicious a chopped pulled pork it says smoked in house i'm not sure what type of woods they smoke it with i just know that it was delicious also i do know that a bunch of it fell off creating second sandwich and i did not you know sometimes i'll rip the sandwich in half and purposefully create second sandwich uh, this See? was actually hmm. on purpose. Hmm. What? Yes. I'm, uh, for our, our listeners out there in Radio Land yes. who uh, have not watched a Dave eat a sandwich, I'm not convinced that you know necessarily that you are creating a second sandwich, <laughs> but I think there is a, a subconscious subroutine somewhere in your brain that automatically creates one for you. You oh, want that second sandwich. Sometimes there's a certain Philly place around town where I will literally break the sandwich in half and let a bunch of stuff fall to the... Uh, table ground in this case my plate or basket or whatever so i have something for later this one just kind of happened i looked down and was like oh second sandwich but if sam were here he would probably say that i was a messy eater or he might just say you know hey that's just your plate but you know what much like i said i think it was on the bnb episode i will own that i enjoy when i get down to my plate and there's more to eat it's fine it's good so back to this pork though delicious chopped tasty and the barbecue sauce was something of interest. This is somewhere between 
it it was in kind of a it almost looked like a curry. I think we had said something along the lines of it almost looks like a chicken tikka masala sauce. I will sum it up and just say that was a tasty sandwich. Very good. So TJ, you had another sandwich. I did have another sandwich. Now we well okay. I used we last time, and it's going to have to be the royal we, since you did not go for the beet Reuben. Oh, no, and I wouldn't, uh, because it has two things I don't like, beet and Reuben. But I'm going to hang my degree from Eaton College on the wall and say that we went here for the beet Reuben. Do we have to chortle after you do something I believe we do. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I wanted the beet Reuben. That was one of the reasons we went here. And, but they have the beet burger. So I had to try a beet something because that was the thing that led me to the restaurant in the first place. So sure enough, we ordered the beet burger. And I wasn't super excited about the idea because I've had a number of vegetal things as a burger. And it, it works out okay. Yeah. It's all right. And I wasn't sure how beets were going to work because I do have them for nutritional reasons on a semi-regular basis. But I've had a lot of plain beets, and I still can't figure out what to do with the things. I hate plain beets. I like the hype ones much mm-hmm. more. Gotta have them hype beets. The beet burger is a seasoned beet patty, house-smoked peanut butter, jalapeno slices, on a Rotella's vegan bun. So you have a full-on vegan sandwich here. Whoa. My uh, expectations were not extremely high. And I do believe, is this the first vegan Full vegan entree that has been ordered on Saturday Omaha. Ooh, that is a fine question because there was another veggie burger, and there was no, not the smoked tofu. The smoked oh, tofu at the, the Big tofu. Green Q would indeed count. There was nothing unvegan about that, oh, even you, with the sauce. You did order a uh, a bean based burger at Burns. Yes. That alliteration was fantastic, except I don't believe it was on a vegan bun. You say, actually had a vegan thing. bun. That's yeah. the thing. I don't remember all of the toppings and what the bun was composed of at Burns, so I cannot vouch for that as a vegan. Fair item. enough. All right. Well, hit us up on these beets. Yeah, drop the beet. Let us start with the mundane. Um, the jalapeno slices were jalapeno slices. Not much you could do with those besides uh, their jalapeno slices. There's... Uh, debatably no sauce on this burger. There was a, There is the house-smoked peanut butter, which is underneath... Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah, I, I, yes, I'm very curious about this. Uh, there's the Rotella's vegan bun, and hats off to Rotella's because this bun, this bun, was a bun. It's a burger holder. It's a burger holder. Okay, that's but it was what... not a burger holder minus, and it could have been because it had an alteration of possibly what they usually do. Right, not yes. a standard bread recipe necessarily. So there's there's something missing that they had to figure out how to replace or work around. Nice, and it did not. I didn't really notice that it was anything other than a decent bun. It didn't detract from anything. It was a fairly robust, bready affair. I was very pleased with this vegan bun. You could replace any of my regular buns with it and I'd be fine. So we have the seasoned beet patty. Yes. Oh, goodness. Yes. I don't know what it was seasoned with. TJ's analysis failed and I could have sat there and picked apart the burger. I could have, but I didn't want to. Because it was delicious. Really? And I decided not to analyze it and just eat my burger. Well. Because I love you out there, podcast fans. I do. Everyone listening. Everyone within the sound of my voice. You're wonderful. You are. 
But this was my burger, and uh, no one comes between me and the burger. <laughs> Sorry. Well, so I ate and enjoyed my burger. Nice. It was crisp on the outside. Oh, it was a relative beet sear. Mm-hmm. It was relatively firm. I, they might have fried it. They might have have pan seared. I'm not sure what happened to it, but it was crisp all the way around, kind of like you want a falafel to be. But I would say better because the the inner texture came together more. Beets kind of, I mean, they smush, don't they? Ground beef smushes. Beefs beets smush. Beef beets. So it was the the correct texture for a burger. If not, oh, dare I say it. The texture might have been a little bit nicer than almost all the ground beef burgers I have had. It was just pleasant. Huh. And it was pretty. It was, you know, again, beets are pretty. They're well, deep red things. That's the thing. So the picture that I posted of this thing, it looks like a rare burger. A mighty rare burger. But it's not. It's a beet burger. But it's this super deep red, well, because it's, it's a beet. But it just, it looks cool because you can tell that the outside does have that crunch or that sear or something on the outside. And the inside is different. And it's dark. Well, shall we say beet red? Absolutely. A big, beautiful beet burger. Oh, well played. Bonus. So it's this, this pretty patty it was. Pretty patty on the mm. beautiful beet burger. And uh, dark red, perfectly seasoned. I, I can't say enough good about this patty. Would it replace a burger always? No. But if I was a vegetarian or a vegan, this would be one heck of a find. So we have this, and I was a little disappointed peeling back that bun because I was looking for some sauce because Dave had already ordered his, requested his additional sauce for his pulled pork sandwich, which, once again, did not need but wanted. That's kind of important to note because we're going to get into uh, the overall experience later. And I, I want us to remember the sandwich All right. had perfect balance. Okay. And this, I kind of wanted some sauce or something on it because I looked to see what it had because I didn't remember and I didn't have a menu in front of me. Fair enough. So I peeled it back and found nothing but jalapeno slices. Oh no, it's a dry burger. Wait, what's this on the bottom? It looks like a slice of, of cheese? Or referring? No, that can't be right. It was the smoked peanut butter. Oh, hello. I, I don't know if it was the lighting or what it was, but it looked almost white. Huh. And I don't know that I noticed a lot of smoke, but there was a lot of different flavors going on in that beet patty. But it's a, a thicker, less oily peanut butter, because peanut butter, to be smooth, has the oil in it from, you know, the peanuts. peanuts. Uh-huh. But it was... Almost a teeny tiny bit grainy while still being mostly smooth. It was very robust. Hello. Like the actual dry peanut component was very prevalent with a little bit less oil. So it kind of it kind of stood up. It was a, a nope, I'm not going to use another word for it. Robust is perfect. It was a robust peanut butter. It was a little bit extra salty. So it added a nice little salt component, just a hit of salt until the peanut butter was gone. And then you were back to the beet patty, which was not undersalted on its own. But the salt fading into beet patty flavor in each bite mm -hmm. was a heck of an enjoyable thing. And I could swear it was, maybe it was spiced in some way, but I think that's just the smoke. It just added more depth of flavor. Neat. So everything happening there just came together. There were maybe four or five little tiny jalapeno slices on there, and that was just enough to give it a little bit of heat. 
So you bite into it and you get your your burger holder. Again, nothing wrong with that. It wasn't boring because there's an awful lot of burger holder minuses running around. It was a good bun. Good. So you bite into it. You, of course, your first thing is bun. And then you hit that layer of salty, slightly smoky, deep, peanutty flavor, peanut butter. And you get through that. And with it, you get a little bit of beet patty and that crunch on the beet patty. And as you're, as you're going through that, you travel from peanut butter land into beet burgerville. And then there's just a little bit of heat on the back end with that little tiny bit of crunch from that jalapeno. It's just a darn good, like I would order this on its own. My really? only, my only problem with it is beets ain't exactly known for protein content. And <laughs> no, I do look for that. Not in, a lot of protein. Yeah. I look for that in my meal. I want that for, for the sake of satiance, for the sake of not being hungry Satiate. later. Vegan food has that problem. I might want some, uh, if I was going full Triple vegan. Triple dose of peanut butter on there? Well, no. No, because It would ruin the balance. It would yeah. absolutely, yeah. Okay. Any more than they had or any less than they had would be a problem. But no, something on the side, beans or some something with protein, beans, tofu, uh, seitan, what have you. <laughs> but whatever... Whatever protein additive thing you have as a vegan. In this case, I had another sandwich, so we were cool. <laughs> you, you had a you had a full on Reuben to uh, give you the extra protein. Exactly. There, there was a, there was a side of beef to go with my vegan burger, and that's what made this vegan entree acceptable. Well, well done on balance. You ordered two sandwiches: a full on beef sandwich and, yeah, a, and well a symmetry. Vegan. You know, one sandwich for each hand. That's how this works. That's true. That's true. And then I just dip my face into the basket for the chips. Yeah. See, while I was sitting over there juggling uh, poutine croquettes. Indeed. <laughs> oh, we should have gone between the two of us. Throw on a couple bowling pins and some flaming something or others. Oh, yeah. This would have been a show. Flaming croquettes. Man, did they have... They should, see, they should do Cherry's Jubilee or maybe a drunken bread pudding that we could light on fire and juggle. <laughs> Falling down in the dessert section, I tell you. Oh, but, man, uh, I tell you what. I tell you what. Then again, we didn't try the bread pudding or the uh, the peach crisp, so I think maybe we're falling down in the dessert section. But uh, I'm, I'm digressing uh, here. Once we get point to dessert... is... We did not fall down there, but go ahead. The Indeed. point is... Well, in restaurant, but we'll go on. Yes. The beet burger, beet burger. is delicious and stands on its own. For really? sheer enjoyment level, if I'm not worried about the exact nutrient, you know, macronutrient balance of the meal I'm getting, if I just want to sit down and eat a thing that I'll enjoy and at least be full for a little while, the beet burger is a perfectly good way to do that. I would go there and order this on its own just to enjoy it. Now, I'd probably go out later and have a steak. <laughs> or uh, if I happen to have some protein powder sitting around or some milk or anything just to just to add that nutrient to my day. But in terms of sheer enjoyment, I would order this happily. Very good sandwich. I think we are at summarization time. I believe we are. And this is the part of the show where Sam would tell us about the categories where we rate our foods and our experience at the restaurant, in this case, Wilson and Washburn. He would say something along the lines of, well, we're going to tell us about your wallet, tell us about your tummies, and tell us about your full factor. And we usually start with our wallets. How do we feel about price? TJ? Well, my total bill after tip is 3506 and I'm I'm a fairly standard issue twenty percent or the uh, the bill without is twenty nine oh six, but I usually when I'm when I'm thinking about eating out we include, so what I got for about thirty bucks, I'm good with that. 
two, I got me two I got full me entrees. Two full entrees, and yeah. they were good, robust entrees. Side of chips, a uh, cup of very good, pretty darn hearty soup. And I would say trending small bowl. It was a decently sized thing Indeed. Soup. And I, I believe it is listed as a bowl. So small bowl, large yeah. cup, somewhere in that category. <laughs> yes. Enough for, for its price, again, at three fifty is totally worth it. I'm good with oh, that yeah. good sizing there. So I got my I got my bowl of soup, mm-hmm. my scotch egg of all things, which was pretty darn good sized yeah. as well. It and was. my two entrees with sides of chips. I'm totally happy at thirty. That's that's a beautiful bill right there. All right. So mine was pretty easy. Mine was right around fifteen bucks. So I have the documentation. The Poutine croquettes were $5.50, and my uh, house pulled pork sandwich was an even 9 bucks, and that came with chips. So um, I'm just going to say thumbs up here. I mean, it was about 15 bucks, and that was a, a... And you know what the thing is? Those poutine croquettes, that was a good-sized appetizer. Yeah, it was. I mean, here, hold on a second. We can go to the pictorial documentation, and I can tell you there were five of those poutine croquettes on there so easily a shareable appetizer and they were good size yeah that's uh again not quite tennis ball size but bigger than a golf ball small so like two sleeves of racquetballs is what we're talking here roughly (laughs) i i just want you to imagine trying to put that down it's two sleeves of potato racquetballs yes which which really (laughs) makes them sound tough maybe i shouldn't do that no no uh, because they were they were certainly not tough they were they were very tasty so so that's that's a considerable amount of food all in and of itself for that price 15 bucks for lunch i mean i I believe as we uh summarized on the new year's episode we usually spend around 20 dollars for lunch so i'm actually below what i would usually spend and uh so yeah i got out of there for about 15 bucks so yeah thumbs up all right so our next category is taste how do we feel about the taste of our things today i'll start this one off um the poutine croquettes were delicious now i wasn't a huge fan of the sage and the gravy and that's just me because i'm not a big sage guy but the croquettes themselves were super tasty, and I was blessed to have half of your scotch egg, which is the first scotch egg I've ever had. But that's a neat thing. That was super tasty, too. And my pulled pork sandwich was awesome. It was really good. So thumbs up over here on taste. I thought it was darn good. Yeah, I would say there's nothing, without going through the full breakdown again, I can't find a loser out of these things at all. Like yeah. my, the the worst thing out of the bunch is the gravy head. I kind of like sage, but not a lot of it. There was a bit more in there than I would have liked. I could swear there was some rosemary as well, and I really liked that. That's the lowest point of the whole meal. It, it really kind of is. I liked that anyway. We're, we're 100% on taste here. I mean, even the bad thing was good, and some of those things were amazing. I'm just going to ask him for some brown gravy when I go back, because I, I bet they've got some type of brown gravy in the back, and I if it's as good as everything else, I bet it's delicious, and I'm going to dip that croquette, croquette in there and enjoy every minute of it, or I'll just eat them plain, because they're awesome. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with them plain either, nope. so yeah, absolutely, and that's, the tomato soup was so good. Oh, it smelled delicious. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the Reuben, again, might be the best I ever had. Even the beet yeah, burger. And that's, there, there's a 
brown gravy with sage and rosemary, and I'm rating the beet burger above it. So, yeah. Nice. I, I like the taste of absolutely everything here. We are 100% absolute hardcore thumbs up on taste. All right. Let us go to full factor. And since I started the last one, I'm going to kick the racquetball towards TJ. There it is. TJ, tell me about full factor. Well, I'm not going to do it justice entirely, but uh, if I may say a Sam-esque thing. Yes, you may. Really? Buddy. Well, I had... You did eat two entrees. There were two entrees... And two appetizers and a little bit of yours. And a, well, yeah, because you had the soup you the had. Soup, the, How many croquettes egg. did you have? At least two? At least two, maybe Plus three? half of the scotch egg. Plus half of the scotch egg. Yeah. And the tomato soup. Yeah. And the Reuben, which would have stood on its own as an entree. And the beet burger, which would have stood on its own as an entree. And a bunch of chips. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to add any special titles to my citizenship, but I was definitely sitting comfortably in my cottage in Hurt Town. All right. Um, I will take it over here. I actually have to go thumbs down on Full Factor. Really? Yes. And it's a very respectful thumbs down. Here's the thing. The poutine croquettes and the scotch egg was huge, but the poutine croquettes, that was an awesome value for the money. Five bucks for those was great. I think I could have used a little bit more pork on my pulled pork sandwich. So I was hungry when I left. But again, I didn't order an extra bowl of soup. I didn't order an extra meal, in fact. But if you remember, I was picking at your potato chips until we left. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not going to say ordering fail on your part. I don't think. No. Like there's times when we do we should have known better kind of orders. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is one of those. I think you're, you are, in fact, just a little low on full factor. But let's say, go back to price briefly, since you came in a little low. I'd say you add maybe an appetizer, scotch egg, or uh, maybe that bowl of soup or something to there, and might you have come out okay there? Just some, just an extra something that's at least reasonably robust. I suppose so, but we're, I'm looking at it for, for what I ordered. Now, granted, I could have eaten all five of those croquettes myself, but I think what kind of gets me is there was a ton of chips, like, with my entree, that was an awesome amount of chips. I was not short chips. I just think I could have used a little more pulled pork on my sandwich. But Indeed. here's the thing, though. The balance was right on the sandwich. I was say, yeah, would it have thrown things? Like, I'm so thinking something tough. extra on the side you yeah. wanted to go for. So there's Maybe like there's a cup of soup. And, and not the bowl. Maybe a cup of some, like, beef stew or something. I don't know. But anyway, I it, it wasn't like it. It was not a small portion. I mean, sometimes you go order something somewhere and you're like, oh... You shorted me. That's not the case here. But again, this is fatter day. So I'm looking for big. So yeah, could have used a little bit more for full for full factor. Yes. But uh maybe could be fixed. Let's we we need to look at this next time because I th- I think we're going back, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because we're not to the ratings well, yet. And I want to be clear too, five fifty for the poutine croquettes and getting five of those little uh, bigger than a bigger than a golf ball, smaller than a tennis ball sized things, that was good bang for the buck. I I didn't feel like I got shorted there at all. Okay, so now we need to head on over to the Frampton scale. Oh, the Frampton scale. And this would be the part where Sam would usually say, Dave, why don't you tell him about the Frampton scale? So 
I will do that. I will tell you about the Frampton scale, sometimes also called the Fatterday Omaha scale, just depending on how it rolls off the tongue. But the Frampton scale is our measurement of how much we would like to come back here for a fatter day. And it is measured from zero to five in half steps only. To be very clear to all of our chefs and all of our restaurateurs and people out there, even at a 0.5 on this scale, you're good. That means that we would like to come back for a fatter day. This isn't like an Amazon rating where, oh, geez, three stars. No, um, three stars is fantastic. Um, but even a 0.5 here is good. Five is incredible, means you have an amazing hook to your restaurant. The food is good. The price is good. That's the full factor. But again, 0.5 is okay. And then usually I would say, Sam, you have a thing that you like to use when also evaluating the uh, Frampton scale. TJ, would you like to summarize what Sam might say in this instance? If I may act as a Sam stand-in here, the Frampton rating tells you about places that you would want to bring your out-of-town friends. You have people coming into town that you want to impress, that you want to kind of show off what's in your town. You want to make sure they have a good time, they enjoy themselves. You don't want to bring them to a place that's going to fall flat. You want to bring them to a place that's that's got the hook, that's got the taste, yeah. that's got the things you want. You know, you're, you don't want to bring them to a chain either. You want to bring them somewhere good. Yes. The Frampton scale tells you how much of that there you've you go. got. Well said. All right. So usually I wait to the end. I'm going to go first this time. Ooh. I know. Amazing. All right. So, Wilson and Washburn, I am going to give a very loving big hug one for Wilson and Washburn. And I will tell you why. So, often pub food or bar food. Oh, bar food. <laughs> but pub type food, for me, might not always rank on the fatter day scale at all. So... In fact, have we have we found one before no. that has ranked at all? No, we have not. And you and I went on some fact-finding before and had some okay food, but it would not rank on the fatter day scale for me. Here's the thing is, Wilson and Washburn does. This is an awesome, solid, bold one. And the thing is, is that they've got these poutine croquettes. They've got the scotch egg. The flavor through the whole thing is delicious. And I really like it. I would be more than happy to come back here anytime I was thinking like of a pub food type environment. In fact, this currently would probably be my choice. TJ, you're a big fan of pub food quite often. You've been hunting for a place that you can go to. And TJ, if you're like Dave... I want some pub food today. I would have no problem going back here on a Saturday for this. And so that is a very respectful one. The menu for me for a full Saturday is a bit small. I need some more options on here uh, for that. And uh, the poutine croquettes and the scotch egg, and they did have a pulled pork egg roll on there, which we didn't try. So there's some cool small hook things here for me that make it right that way. But that's where I'm sitting. So this is a good thing. Again, on the Saturday scale, real solid, would come back anytime somebody wanted to go get this type of food. No problem at all. TJ, what do you got? Well, Dave, you actually talked me down a little bit, and I try not to let that happen. Oh. Because I, I was... Gonna give it a 3.5. But I think that's me rating the taste because the taste was mighty fine. Um, there is the issue of the relatively short menu. However, I 
don't think I can shortchange them on that too no, much. It's appropriate for the restaurant. Well, it's appropriate for the restaurant, and TJ has a thing about giant menus. It's it's <laughs> yeah. fun and it's cute, but to me, it's if you can pull it off, that's great. If you can really make everything on that 19-page menu really good, I'm very impressed by that. But that said, not a lot of places do, and a lot of places that try to pull that off become become Applebee's, become Chili's, that kind of thing, where they're trying to do everything and they don't do anything particularly well. But hey, you can have your, you know, your egg rolls from the east and your burger from the west and you know maybe there's a smattering of indian food on there somehow and none of it's brilliant and all of it's microwave jack of all trades master uh of none things tend to uh to get watered down when you have those long menus now this is a touch shorter than i would like for a fatter day restaurant but they have a short list of interesting things, and they do them very well. Yes. I'm going to have to practice what I preach here and not pull off a ton of points for that. So I would – I'm, I'm tempted to lower them down further for that, but I think I've got to – Just be honest with yourself. I think I've got to go with it. This, well, this is see, you. This is you, TJ. How do part, you feel? That's a part of what's bringing me down a little bit because I'd like maybe – Maybe four or five more options. One or two extra in each section here or there. Just a little bit more. Okay. So the shortness of the menu is a little bit of a problem. However, I would rather it was short like this with very well done things than them trying to overreach and either making mediocre food or even if you make all those things well, if you're trying to keep all that stuff in stock... Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to sink your restaurant and just have way too much cost. You can ruin a business doing that. So a good, short, focused menu is important. You bet. All Again, that house-made stuff that they have there. Right. A couple more items would be nice, but I'm not going to hit them too hard for that. So that's that's cutting down my rating a little bit. They'd probably rate closer to a four with a longer menu and a little bit more full factor. Wow. Full factor is the other thing that's pulling it down because yes, if I had ordered just the beet burger or just the Reuben, I think I'd be comfortable, but not necessarily full. You are the monster, my friend. Indeed. I would want just a little bit of extra something, a side of something, an appetizer, and maybe like they had smoked wings on the menu. They have a few other things that maybe I could fill that out with. This but, is the part where Sam would say something along the lines of, TJ, you ordered two entrees and an appetizer to get full. Indeed. Yes. But I think an entree and two appetizers, which wouldn't be that abnormal for me. No, that's true. That is true. Would leave me wanting too much. Again, they're okay. a little they're a little bit low on the full factor. For a fatter day. Right. For a fatter day. For, for a typical a, weekday? Eh. Uh-huh. For a sane person yes. ordering things, yes. this would be fine. But yeah, for fatter day, they're a little bit low, and the menu is a little bit short. But the taste was so very on. Was on, for sure. And there are... There are types of overblown knock-your-socks-off kind of stuff that this didn't exactly do, but it was stuff I hadn't had before. It was flavor combinations that really impressed me. Finishing the thoughts on taste here. They had a lot of things that were interesting, a lot of things that were very good. Mm -hmm. Nothing that was, you know, super-duper pushing me over the edge, but all really solid, all really good. The scotch egg was good. 
Again, I think very well done version of itself. It's such standard fare in another part of the world, though I don't know if that's that's the punch in the face, no. amazing, surprising It's called thing. the poutine croquettes. Uh-huh. The poutine croquettes <laughs> or the tomato soup was surprising. The beet burger was surprising. It's got a lot going for it in flavor. And if we could flesh out the other things, that would push me very high. I think a 2.5 has those detractors built in, but is still incredibly solid. That's... That's a super solid, you ain't ever pushing me down from that 2.5. Again, the flavor is on, the experience is good, the atmosphere is there, and they kind of got the hook too. We didn't go a lot into the uh, the lore of the place, but I would encourage you to have a look at the website, the, uh, the name being based on famous madams from Omaha. And on the menu, they had a blurb that I, I forgot to take a picture of the thing, so I'd have it in front of me. But there's one of the madams was, you know, known in the underworld, but... Before she passed away, she donated her entire fortune to charity. So there's some there's some cool lore behind it. They do have history. a little bit of a hook, and they're in the right place to have that historical standing. It's a neat place without being a circus. It's not overblown. It's just, hey, here's some cool stuff about us. Here's some history we're hanging our hat on, and the food is really good. 2.5, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Very solid 2.5. Nice, nice. And yeah, and, and I'm glad we we kept the uh, the momentum. I shouldn't say momentum. The upbeatness there. Sometimes we, the we up, always... The upbeatness? Up upbeats? Well, the thing is, is that when we do the Frampton rating, I think we, we want every place to be a five, because that's oh, amazing. Yes, we do. And the thing is, is sometimes we get down to the, you know, the twos or the ones, and we're kind of like, oh, it's a one. But it's good. It's solid, and a one is fine because it's on the Frampton scale. And so I have a one, you have a 2.5. I think that averages us out right about a two, give or take a little bit. So the uh, the thing there is is that it's really solid. And again, right now, this is probably my choice anywhere that, that we've had pub food at all. I would go here in a heartbeat. I would not even hesitate if you're like, Dave, we need to go grab some pub food. Boom, here we go. No problem at all. And I can tell you what, those poutine croquettes would happen again. No question. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say Saturday worthy pub food. There you go. Is one heck of a phrase. They, yes, it they is. They did well. Yes, it is. And it is, yeah, I, I would go back. I'd like to try the burger. Let's see how the burger is. I just wanted to do something a little different uh, this time around. So, because they had some of the barbecue options and, and super tasty. So, there you go. All right. So with that, then, I guess we might say, eat this. Eat this. And thanks for eating with us. That's right. And uh, typically, I would say, I'm Dave. I'm TJ. And somewhere in there, Sam would say, I'm, I'm Sam. I'm just what I'm he would Sam. say. I, I'm, I miss it. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and so, yeah. So we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Ho, 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 ho.